Good morning, everybody. Come on, good morning, everybody. We greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you, make a joyful noise to the Lord on today. Man, we are so grateful and thankful to the Lord for God allowing our moments to roll on just a little while longer. Thank God for allowing the Lord to move through our worship and arts ministry today. Come on, let's thank God for them. Amen. And for the singing tandem of Whitaker and Whitaker, we're certainly thankful to the Lord. We're celebrating today among many things. The Whitaker family reunion is with us on today. Stand up, Whitakers. Stand up, Whitakers. Come on, make some noise. That, that Whitaker family reunion, you know, they call it a family reunion now, but when they were young, it was a gang. That was just a, it was a holy gang. Amen. You better not fool with them Whitakers, boy. You got, you got a whole tribe coming at you, man. Well, we're certainly grateful and thankful to them, and we're praying for them. Um, just this past week, one of the youngest members of the, the clan, Brother Ricky, passed away. And so we're covering that family in believing prayer and thanking God for his faithfulness. Um, just a couple of things. This past week, we said goodbye to one of our longtime members, uh, one of our officers, one of our staff members here at our church, and that was Brother Claude Cole. Brother Cole grew up in this church in, in Old Fourth Ward in Freedmanstown, was uh, a leader of leaders. Um, he was an old school alpha man. Uh, never showed up with a hair out of place. Um, always cool. They used to call him cool Mr. Cole and clean Mr. Cole. Uh, last time I got a chance to go by and visit with him, I said, how's cool Mr. Cole doing? He said, don't start no stuff this morning. Don't start no stuff. Uh, but Brother Cole was one of the members of the pulpit committee that allowed me to come and, sh and become pastor of this church now 29 years ago, and we certainly uh, will miss him, and we will pray for this family as well. Let me thank all of you for your love and kindness that you showed to me and my family for our 29th anniversary here at the church. Uh, we certainly are grateful to the Lord for God's grace and mercy uh, in the midst of it all. I want you to keep Sister Melody Jordan in prayer. Sister Melody Jordan is the wife of usher and deacon in training, Ron Jordan. She had a massive stroke this past week and is in the hospital and ICU. Um, doctors are doing all that they can. They just are at the place where they feel like there's not a whole lot they can do. And they told the family on yesterday the next 48 hours are going to be critical. And we want to cover Sister Melody Jordan in prayer. How many of you know when doctors say no, God still can say yes? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I'm not talking about somebody who heard your mama say it. I'm talking about somebody who is a living testimony right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let's pray for Sister Jordan right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Sister Melody Jordan. We cover her right now in believing prayer. We're not presumptuous enough. We're not intelligent enough to tell you what to do. All we can do is ask you to do what only you can do. God, we ask you to guard the minds and hands and thoughts of doctors and nurses. But even beyond that, God, you are able to touch and heal and deliver as only you can. God, I pray right now on behalf of our congregation, we intercede on behalf of Sister Jordan. We ask you to touch right now as only you can. Heal as only you can. Deliver as only you can so that you will get the glory that only you deserve. Where our prayers fall short, we ask you to make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Rooted and grounded, make some noise. Rooted and grounded, man, we are grateful. We had such a tremendous celebration on last week as we celebrated the close of our church-wide launch. And I've got a special treat for you on today. Sister Naya, come on up and join me up here on stage real quick. Sister Naya Holder is coming up on stage. Um, Y'all show her some love. Show Sister Naya some love. Now, she just found out this morning that I was going to do this to her. So let me, let me tell you uh, about Naya. As you all know, we were uh, discipling people in seven different states. And I'm so grateful for those who embrace the vision to recognize that the digital platform is a viable means to communicate the gospel and to encourage one another to be all that God wants us to be. We're not saying that it's better than in person, but in some instances, it provides opportunities that you don't get in person. And this young lady was one of our rooted members. She was part of Deaconess Wanda Wilridge's group from Hawaii, and she's with us today. Yeah. So I talked to Naya a little bit in the back because I told Sister Wilridge I wanted to meet her. And when she started telling me the story, I said, oh, we're going to interview you today. And she's like, like when? Like, oh, no, this morning, this morning at church, this morning. We're going to take a little time out. We're going to interview you. Naya, how are you doing? I'm good. I thought I was just going to sneak in the back, but Sister Wanda was like, I put the word out. Everyone knows you're coming to like, oh. <laughs> Okay, so tell us how you found out about Good Hope because one of the things that I have been stressing is that we have to embrace God doing something new and doing something different in the day and time that we are living in. So talk about how you even found out about Good Hope to even get here in the first place. Well, Easter is big for me and my family. Uh, my sister and I just moved from New York. She now lives here in Houston. I moved to Hawaii, so my, so my mom is just losing her mind. She's like, both of my girls are just like out of the house. What are we going to do? So I figured um, I'd go see my sister in Houston for Easter, and I was looking up churches in the area, and I stumbled across Good Hope. I was like, oh, this has a good name. Let me check it out. So um, I go on the website, look at a couple of sermons, really, really love the messages, um, came on Easter, 
uh, was warmly welcomed and learned about Rooted and Grounded when I was here. I was lucky enough to be here the following Sunday, um, met my, uh, the women in my Rooted and Grounded group, and from there I was able to participate virtually for the re remainder of the session. So, so, so now one of the things you said was that you all, you came, you just happened to be here, just happened. It was a, <laughs> not a coincidence, it's a God incident, y'all. <laughs> so you just happened to be here two straight weeks, and you heard about Rooted, and you signed up, and one of the things that encouraged you was that it was online, that you wouldn't have to be present to participate. Yeah, or, and just the fact that I was able to first meet my group here. We were able to have lunch together, I was able to see everyone, and then be able to, you know, connect. So that combination yeah. um, was really powerful. So, so tell me about your service project, because you couldn't do your service project with your group, but we encourage people to serve wherever they are or whatever opportunity God gives them to serve. So tell us about your service project. Yeah, so I was able to, um, I was in New York at the time when we were all supposed to do our service projects. And so Sister Wanda in our group text was like, have you done your service project yet? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I need to figure out which city I'm going to be in first. <laughs> um, but lucky enough, I was able to go to um, uh, a food bank back at my, my church in, in the Bronx and be able to serve there one morning. So I sent my selfie in. I was like so proud of myself. I was like, I did my service project too. Um, so, you know, I think the thing is, is like once you're committed and you, you know, you're part of a group where everyone is really sharing and being vulnerable and honest about where they are on their walk with Christ, like that, I just needed that foundation. Um, and I was really lucky. Well, I, it's not luck, you know, it, yeah. it is really God yeah. um, ordaining that steps and connecting me with my, my, my group. So yeah. I'm really grateful for that. So I'm going to tell you how small the world is. I asked um, Naya and her sister what church were they connected with in the Bronx. And uh, she said uh, Trinity Baptist Church, which was pastored at the time with, by uh, Dr. Nathaniel Tyler Lloyd, who has gone home to be with the Lord. His daughter has succeeded him there. And I told him, I said, you know, it's interesting. Years ago, as an associate minister, I had an opportunity to preach there for Dr. Lloyd. And um, matter of fact, I think they were in a building renovation project or something. But uh, Dr. Lloyd was so well respected in the city. And I was so honored and humbled that he asked this little young neophyte preacher to come and preach at the church. Uh, a mentor of mine recommended me to him and he had me to come. And so we talked about how small the world it is. Share with us just for a moment what the Rooted group meant to you in terms of your walk with God and just this next phase of your journey with the Lord. I'm in a time in my life where I feel nothing but rooted. I am um, traveling a lot, doing a lot trying to figure out my purpose in God. And I knew that every Monday night I'd have my ladies to connect with. Shout out to Sister Deborah. You know where you are, all your jokes. <laughs> um, but just having that foundation and having the structure of, you know, daily um, scriptures to read allowed me to be grounded wherever I was. Um, I'm still moving around a lot. Uh, and in the midst of, of all of that, it's easy to get lost, distracted, um, feel like 
you aren't really hearing God's voice because of all the noise. And I was really grateful for the space and the time to just be present, to really connect with other women who are also on that journey. And um, we're all in different places in our lives. And I was able to ask questions. I'm, I consider myself a baby Christian. Uh, I got rebaptized in January of this year. And so being able to be surrounded by women who have been on this journey much longer than me, ask, ask questions um, and have those questions answered and just to truly know and hear God's voice mm -hmm. um, has been such a gift. And uh, I remember just sharing on our, our last session, I cannot believe it's been 10 weeks and I've been able to get to know you all. We haven't been physically in the same place, but I'm so, so grateful for friends that I know that whenever I'm in Houston, call up Sister Wanda, have lunch with Sakile, you know, anyone. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Come on, y'all show some love to Sister Naya Holder. <laughs> Come on, y'all, show us some love. What a blessing. Thank you so much, Naya. What a blessing. What a blessing. Y'all, that's what Rooted it and, and Grounded is all about. I mean, it, it's about us getting to the place where we recognize that we don't allow a building to limit lives that can be touched and lives that can be changed. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you some prayer assignments over the next several weeks. And the first assignment is to pray for friends pray for friends. Now I got, I got four of them to give you, so don't jump ahead. I want you to pray for friends this week and you define friends as you, as you want them to find them. If they Facebook friends or you call them real friends, however you define them, I want you to pray about God using you to impact friends for the kingdom. Many of our conversations are superficial uh, many of our conversations are more lighthearted. When you, when you talk about somebody walking with God and even more than walking with God, fleshing out what that thing should look like. To have Naya come and Google and find the church and then to come two consecutive Sundays, right? Sign up for a rooted group go back to Hawaii, traveling all over. But wherever she went, she had a rooted group in New York, the week of the service project, served where she was, right? Allow God to use her where she was and then be able to come and visit. Her sister is here with us. Stand up, Amara. Let me embarrass her too. There she is. She is a nurse here in Houston and lives in Midtown, and we want her to know she's at home here as well. Um, so we're going to start with friends. We're going to start with friends. And I want you to just pray and ask God to give you an opportunity to share with your friends, to build a deeper bond, a different bond with your friends around your relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Where are all my July birthdays? Stand on your feet wherever you are. All of the July birthdays. Ooh, yes. Well, 
we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. and pray you have a happy birthday hope and pray you have many many more let's go to God in prayer as we get ready for the word today father we thank you for what you're doing in the life of our church we thank you for what you're doing corporately we like thank you for what you're doing individually and I just pray now God that you would use your word as it goes forth to encourage somebody who needs you to know you who knows you to grow in you. Challenge all of us, God, to make what you want what we want. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I don't know about you, but it seems like ancient history, March of 2020. Um, You know, I've had to learn whenever I talk to somebody and we're trying to determine when's the last time I saw them or when somebody passed to always add three to five years because like COVID has just been like a blur the last three years, right? Uh, I don't know how many of you remember though in January of 2020 when 45 started talking about this little virus, this little bug and how we all had to treat it, you know, we needed to treat it like a little virus, a little flu or something, you know, just get your rest and, you know, drink plenty of fluids, you know, and you're going to be fine, right? Maybe take some Tylenol, something, reduce the fever, and then we started seeing numbers of people dying. And we had new reports coming out that were telling us uh, if you're elderly, you are susceptible to this disease. Nobody talked about the long-term effect or ramifications of contracting the disease. Nobody even talked about necessarily how to get it. Uh, those who were in the medical community were far more knowledgeable than those of us regular mere mortals, right? And uh, when we got to March and it got real serious and they were talking about not meeting in large groups anymore, our church, along with many other churches, made a decision that we would not meet corporately. We were blessed because in 2018, some of you remember, right after Hurricane Harvey hit in 2017, Um, I declared 2018 the year of the smartphone church. And we literally redid everything in our church. We redid our website, our social media. Uh, We redid everything to make sure it was in alignment, our app, to make sure that we were prepared to stay connected on the virtual platform, having no idea that COVID was on the horizon. 
people thought it would only last a month. I remember people talking about get ready for Easter, right? We're going to come together in Easter. And then Easter passed. And remember, they had shut down beauty shops and eyelash shops and clothing stores and everything else. And, and women were having a hard time in those first 60 days. Come on, sisters. Y'all say amen. You know I'm right about it. And then they decided to open up because they said, we're going to come back for Mother's Day. Y'all remember that Mother's Day? And so they decided that they were going to open up salons and, and nail shops and the like, man. And folk were going in droves because they hadn't seen anything like that in like 60 days. And they just knew it was going to reopen on Mother's Day. And then we stayed closed. I remember telling a group of pastors in July of 2020 that we would not reopen based on the data, based on the facts. We would not reopen before the middle to end of 2021 going into 2022. They thought I was crazy. They thought I had lost my mind. And I remember in July of 2020, that same month, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. And he said to me, he said, hey, DZ, he said, listen, man, he said, I got a friend that's writing a book on the church and why people need to come back to church. And, uh, man, I want to know if you'd be willing to talk to him. And I said, sure, man, just give him my number, you know, tell him to call me or I can call him. He said, well, I got him on the other line right now. Let me connect y'all. And I should have known then that there was a setup, right? So he puts the brother on the phone and the brother gets on the phone. We exchange, you know, pleasantries. And I said, man, what's, what's your book about? And so he's going on and on about why the church needs to reopen, why the church should not stay closed and, 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 and what God wants from the church. And one of his passages that he built his, his thesis around was Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, verse 24 and 25 about forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. And so I allowed him to go on and on. And then I finally said to him, I said, now, brother, I said, I appreciate your heart. I said, but here's the problem. You have a zeal, but not according to theological knowledge. I said, you have a problem biblically because you are using verses that are out of context. And he said, well, what do you mean, pastor? I said, well, I said, for example, I said, when you talk about Hebrews chapter 10 and forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together, you have to understand that nobody had a church building back then. So to use that as a justification to come back to a building is eisegetical at best because nobody had a church building then. Churches at that point were meeting house to house. And if they did have a large group gathering, they would have it in the temple out in the outer court. Or if they found a sympathetic rabbi, they could use perhaps a synagogue on Sunday off of the regular Sabbath day. And we began to talk about what was going on. And here's what I came to understand, that this brother was articulating what many Christians have erroneously believed. They believed, and, and it's because we have been taught erroneously. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, some of you may be watching, you may be saying, wait a minute, who in the Hades are you to say that the church has been mistaught for over a thousand years? A child of God who knows how to exegete a text. Here's what I understand. 
when God talks about church, when the Bible talks about church, it is never talking about a building. Listen to me carefully. When the Bible uses the word church, even when Jesus said in Matthew 16, upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, he was not talking about a building. When God talks about church in the Bible, he is always talking about people. And here's why it was such a difficult time for many churches. And there are some churches that are still not open today. It's because we define church by the place we go. And it's the place where we exercise our faith. It's the place where we were taught to be Christian and to be more Christian in the building than we were in the world. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, what makes the church so important? What makes the church so important? Our text today is Acts chapter 2, and I want to share this with you because uh, Pastor Jenkins preached from this passage last two Sundays ago at 8 o'clock. And here's the marvelous thing about the Word of God. The Word of God is so pregnant with truth. Um, I've literally preached the same passage two or three different times and never repeated what was said in the previous sermon. Because every time you turn the word of God, every time you look at the word of God differently, depending on the purpose for your message, you see something in the word that you didn't see before. Today, I want to encourage somebody to understand why church is important and maybe even more importantly, why you are important to the kingdom program of God. Here's the first thing. Number one. The church is important because it's God's vehicle to help people become all God wants. The church is important because it helps people become all God wants. Verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself here is the apostle Peter cussing fussing lying Peter Peter who would cut off an ear before he would pray here is Peter. God has chosen to use Peter to bring about a change in his life. He would use Peter to preach the gospel on the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter proclaims to all who are listening, those who are not Christ's followers, to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Nothing efficacious 
in the act of baptism. Many of them had already been baptized in the name of God, but the stumbling block for many of those who were listening was an understanding that they needed to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. Here's what I need you to understand. The church was not a divine afterthought. It was not something last minute that God just came up with. From the time of Adam and Eve sinning in the garden and sin nature entering into our lives, so much so that we were born in sin, thank you, and shaped in iniquity, so much so that we never had to be taught to do wrong. We've always had to be taught to do right. That sin nature that lives inside of each of us, that is the root of selfishness, is the root of egocentrism. He says, the gospel has come forth to change your life. And we need you to repent, U-turn, baptize, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me carefully. God created the church to give all of us an opportunity to become all that God wants. Apart from that, we were lost and on our way to hell. God loved us so much that he sent his son and gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost. Here's the second thing. Number two, the church is important because God saved people to help others experience redemption. God gave the church, and the church is important, to help others experience redemption. Acts chapter 2, verse 40 And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Jesus comes, he wins the disciples, they come to Christ, they become followers of Jesus, and they were saved to help unsaved people come to know Jesus. That was their job. Listen to me carefully. They were saved to help other people become saved. The disciples made a mistake. Peter, James, and John in particular, that inner circle, when they went up on the Mount of Transfiguration and they saw Jesus transfigured and they saw the patriarchs of old show up amongst Jesus and here's what they said Peter said it's good to be here Lord let's build three tabernacles because watch this we having good church up here on the mountain and Jesus had to remind Peter and James and John that our job is not to figure out where to have good church with one another because we can't stay on the mountain and have good church And there's people dying down in the valley. He said, you haven't been saved just to celebrate with one another. 
You've got to make your way down into the valley. That's where you have to be salt and that's where you have to be light. You can be encouraged on the mountaintop, but we should never want to take up residence on the mountaintop because if we live on the mountain, we won't go down and help somebody in the valley. And here's basically what the Lord said. He says, listen, since sin entered into the world, we had a diagnosis. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not y'all have sinned, all have sinned. Look at somebody and tell them all have sinned. Yeah, that includes you, all have sinned. We, we love to point out the sins of other people. We just don't want to own our own stuff. But the Bible says all have sinned. That was the diagnosis. But watch this. The prognosis was even worse because Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the diagnosis was sin. The prognosis was death. But the cure was in the blood of Christ shed on Calvary. That's why in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And it's at Pentecost that the vaccination was made available. Repent, believe, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what God wants you and I to understand. If you are saved right now, if you know you're saved, if you know you accepted Christ, raise your hand if you know you're saved. All right. If you're saved, here's what God wants you to know. You are part of the spiritual legacy on, of what began on Pentecost. That same message of Pentecost, that same fire of Pentecost is what is inside of you right now. Here's the third thing. We're talking about what makes the church so important. Number three, the church is important because God saved you to connect with other believers. God saved you to connect with other believers so those who received his word were baptized and there were added, verse 41, that day about 3,000 souls, verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Verse 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. These folk were so committed to community that the Bible says those who had excess sold what they had and gave to those in need. That's how committed, you know that's a powerful move of God to make that happen. In this day and time when we are taught to be selfish and self-centered and get all we can and save as much as we can, even though we may not spend it in five lifetimes, we have no problem seeing somebody in need and simply saying, you better get yours like I got mine. 
But the Bible says these people were so moved by the Holy Spirit that they literally connected to one another in a way. As a matter of fact, the word that's used there is fellowship. It's the Greek word koinonia, and it speaks to having common experiences and interests with other believers. You know, here's the problem for many of us. We have so misdefined the word that we use the word in context that is not even applicable in. Let me put a cord in the meter and park there for somebody. So, for example, I had pastors saying to me, Cofield, I know you're doing that online thing, man, but we got to get people back in the church as soon as possible. We got to get people back. And I said, tell me why, in your opinion, we got to get people back so fast. We got to get them back, man, because we're missing the fellowship. I said, come on, Reverend. You know we don't do no fellowship on Sunday morning. Not really. The fellowship that we're supposed to be having takes place at brunch. Not at church on Sunday morning. We have speak to strangers, run over, speak to people we know, but for the most part, we're looking at the back of each other's heads. After service, we may wave at somebody, see him, how you doing? God bless you, everybody all right? Good, I'll talk to you later. But we have more brunch and more communion with mimosa at brunch than we have with wine on Sunday morning. In communion. Y'all not praying with me. Matter of fact, we have a generation of people who watch this have said, I'd rather watch online and meet my friends for fellowship at brunch than to stay in church for two or three hours and not get anything more than I could get by watching online. And God says, no, he says, you are to connect with one another, but not just with one another. Right? There are communes, communities that have tried to be formed Christian communities in cities and areas and remote areas. And, and we're going to invite certain Christians to come and live out in this area. And this is going to be a Christian area of town. This is going to be a Christian area of our country. That's not what God intended. Our connection with one another was supposed to be a connection to encourage us to show the love of God so that other people might see us. Here's what's interesting when you read this passage in particular. The Bible says that when they were being the church, God added day by day, those who were being saved. Here's what I am convinced of. More people will be won to Jesus by us when we are being the church rather than when we are sharing our faith. People are not won to Christ by a logical argument. They are one to Christ by seeing love exhibited one to another. Because it's when I see that love and when I experience that love that I ask the question, who are you? How did you get where you are and how do I get what you have?
Here's the fourth and final thing. Number four, the church is important because God saved you to be the church, not to attend church. The church is important because God saved you to be the church, not to attend church. Verse 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They believed together. They shared what they had with each other. They worshiped together. They broke bread together. They lived life with one another. Uh, one of the most powerful aspects, and it all was tremendous, the testimony of Naya, is just a reminder that we live our best lives when we live life together. The Christian life was never meant to be lived in isolation. It was never meant to be lived as a form of solitary confinement. As a matter of fact, here's what God wants you and I to understand. Because remember, I told you in point three, we were saved to connect with other people, right? You look at verse at number four, point four, and it talks about them attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, and they receive food with glad and generous hearts. Here's what was unique about the Christian life. Most religions of the day focused on your relationship with your deity, not your relationship with your neighbor. So you had people in that day and time who were just like many Christians today who have been erroneously informed and taught who say and think I'm good with the man upstairs and I'm okay even though I may be bad with everybody around me. Jesus says the evidence that you know God vertically is seen in how you interact with one another horizontally. That's why he said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. And that love for one another has to show up in the context of relationships. You don't attend church. If I don't get you to say anything else when you leave here, stop saying you going to church. Stop talking about I attend good. No, I am good hope. Stop talking about going to church and start talking about being the church. See, that's what messed us up during COVID. Because we have so defined our spiritual lives around going to a building. And if I was a deacon, if I was a trustee, if I was a choir member, if I was an usher, I'm going to church. And when we couldn't come to the building, we didn't know how to be church. We didn't know how to pray. 
We didn't know how to do devotions. We didn't know how to spend it. All the time you had working from home, if you were working at all. How much time did you spend every day with God? How much time did you spend in your word? How much time did you spend praying? How much time did you spend fasting? How much time did you spend serving? Man, I thank God our, 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 our uh, food pantry, absolutely tremendous. I mean, in the midst of COVID raging, we had members who came out and sometimes they would wear two masks, three masks, a shield on, gloves on. They took every precaution to serve people who had food insecurities, who weren't able to go to stores, weren't able to buy enough groceries to make it. They made that commitment and not one of them got sick while they were serving. Some of y'all got sick staying at home. One person came to visit you. You got sick. Oh, COVID. Oh, my God. Listen, you are the church. If you don't get anything else today, I want you to leave here understanding. Church is important to God because you are the church. I need everybody to say, I am the church. We don't go to church, y'all. We don't attend church. You are the church. Church is not two hours a week. Churches everywhere you go, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you are the church. You can't come here and talk right for two hours and talk ratchet for the other 167 hours a week and then claim you the church. No. You can't bless folk on Sunday and bless them out Monday through Saturday and talk about, no, you going to church. No, you don't come to church. And every time you are tested and every time you are tried, I want the Holy Spirit to bring back to your remembrance and tell you, be the church. Folk cuss you out, you want to cuss them back? Be the church, be the church, be the church. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If, if, if you couldn't be a fence, help me be the church. 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 Look at Galatians 6.10. The New Living Translation says, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith. Ephesians 2.19, you have that on your outline? Read it with us. It's up on the screen as well. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You do know when the Bible talks about Gentiles, he's talking about us. And he says, we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are members of God's family. We belong to God's family. And this is more than just showing up on Sunday. This is more than just showing up to eat when you're hungry. 
and to rest when you're tired and to use the family name when you want something. We are in relationship and we are to help and encourage one another. And all of God's people said amen. amen. Father, we bless you and we thank you. I pray somebody would leave here today renewed in their commitment to know that they are the church. That you saved us to be the church, to become part of the body of Christ. The church is not a building we go to, a place that we attend. We don't go to have good church. We live to be good church. To be the salt and light that you're calling us to be. And to encourage one another on that journey. I pray now that everything that has been done and said has been pleasing in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand of praise in this place. Everybody who can, everybody who will, if you stand wherever you are, if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes today. If you're here looking for a church home and you believe God is leading you to become part of this church family, man, we would love to have you come promise you we won't look at you funny we will rejoice when you come we'll praise and thank God for you and the privilege to welcome you into the body of Christ if you're upstairs or down to my left or to my right we'll wait for you to come we'll rejoice when you come we'll love on you when you come because we want to help you to know him and to grow in him as we sing the song of invitation, don't wait, don't tarry, don't dialogue or debate with the devil. Come on and come right now and say yes to the Lord. Come on, I'll say yes. Bless you, brother. Bless you, man. Come on, somebody else. And listen, you may be here right now and you say, you know what, I, man, I don't want to be the first one. See if somebody else comes. 
two people came. And I know you already said, boy, if one person comes, I'll come. Man, you know. So God just took away all your excuses. Right? You already, you already saw when they came, we, we do nothing but thank God for them and love on them and encourage them. And somebody else, if you feel God leading you to come, I don't want you to leave here today and miss this opportunity to say yes to the Lord. Now, there's a QR code that's going up on our screen as I'm talking, and it has a hot link there. And so if perhaps you're not feeling comfortable coming up front, but you want to ask the Lord into your life or you want to join the church, you can do that by using that QR code. We don't want our tradition to stand in the way of you coming to know Jesus. We're going to sing the song again. If you're here, we invite you to come. If you'd like to respond online, you can do that as well. But please don't leave here today knowing that God is calling you to make a step. Come on, I'll say yes. fishing and I, I'm just telling you it's hard to leave when you throw out the line and that, you catch that one more you, I, let's got to try one more time just one more one more time just one more time we, we're going to sing it again I, I'm just sensing somebody who's waiting and, and I know you breathe the sigh of relief and you're like Phew. and then the Lord said no one more, one more time. One more time. We're going to sing it one more time. Come on and come. Come on. Come on. I'll say. Come on. Come on. Say yes today. Come on. God has been too good to you. God has brought you through too much. God says, what are you waiting on? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Say yes. Come on and come. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come 
Look here. Look at here. Come on here. Come on, fish. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Come on. Yeah. Lord have mercy. <laughs> come on, come on. Somebody ought to just, let's see if we can praise somebody else in the kingdom today. Let's just, let's just see if we can praise somebody else in the kingdom. Come on, I'm just feeling like we can praise somebody else in the kingdom today. stretch out your hands towards those who have come father we bless you and thank you for today for the harvest that you have brought forth and we pray God that in our attempt to be who you have called us to be that we would be able to connect to help those who need you know you and help those who know you grow in you we give you glory now for what you have done and we bless you in anticipation for what you will do it's in Jesus name we pray amen amen come on thank God for those who are coming amen amen come on Christian workers deacons deaconesses take care of our those who have come, come on, keep on giving them a hand. Let them know we love them. Yeah. Minister Johnson, brother on this side, all right? Yeah. Amen. All right, good hope. It's time for the offering. Let's get ready to worship the Lord in giving. Now, I want you all to do something uh, for me today. Um, your, your regular giving, thank God for that, and I want you to do that. I want you to stay committed to that, but I want you to give a special gift above your giving today. Um, and you can put it in an envelope. Uh, you can do it online. I want us to bless Reverend Dennis Campbell and Bree Campbell today. Uh, Reverend Campbell was a staff member here at our church and um, their daughter Faith has literally been in the hospital um, from the time she was born. I mean, she's just had some very, very challenging times and they have gone months um, at the hospital with her. Even now they talked about bringing her home, but they're not sure how long they're going to be able to keep her home. And they have been doing uh, like trade-off duty, staying at the hospital with her every night. And those of you who have gone to the medical center, 
we have the number one medical center, largest medical center in the world, but it's the most expensive medical center, just a park. Um, I, I went, a family called me. They had a family member that was gravely ill, and I went, rushed over to see the family member and parked and was there about an hour and came out. It was $17. You know, and I, I don't know. I'm, we gonna have to, man, we're going to have to talk to them because they, they shouldn't be making that kind of money off of folk that have to go visit somebody who's sick. And, uh, but they've been taking on this expense every day along with just eating and things like that. And this is a young couple. So I want us to bless Reverend Campbell and his wife, Bree, today. Would y'all do that for me? Amen. Amen. So if you, if you need an envelope, you should be able to find one. And you can just write on there. If you're going to make a check, make it out to Good Hope and make it good. We're going to give them one check. Um, and if you're worshiping online, uh, digitally, you should see a tag there for Reverend Campbell and family. And I want us to bless him and bless his family on today. His uh, in-laws have come in and they, they've just had a really, really tough time. And we're continuing to pray for baby faith that God uh, will continue to keep her and God will strengthen her and bring her to a place of healing and wholeness. All right? We'll finish the Lord's Supper. Those of you who have children, uh, you will be dismissed to go. We're going to have the Lord's Supper. And um, so let the children's ministry know that we're getting ready to start the Lord's Supper. And then following that, we will dismiss everyone. All right? Jesus shed for me. soothes my doubts and it calms my fears it soothes my doubts and calms my fears and it dries all my tears
Listen, let's pray. God, we pray now that you would bless the fruit of the vine and breath, bless the unleavened bread that we will partake of today. God, first and foremost, start with us. Forgive us of our sins of thought, word, and deed, those things that we have done overtly, covertly, and inadvertently. Forgive us of our sins, God, that let nothing that we have done, said, or thought hinder our fellowship with you at this moment. Where we have ought against somebody else, God, help us to forgive right now and let it go. Where somebody has an ought against us, God, we pray that they would forgive us. God, we pray now that you would sanctify this unleavened bread and fruit of the vine. That as we eat it and drink of it, it would remind us of what you have done for us. And that we will eat and drink strength to our own spirit. As we are reminded of what you have done for us. And we remember what you expect from us. We thank you, God. May our offering be acceptable in your sight around the table. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been served, please stand if you have been omitted or have not received the elements. Raise your hand and the deacons will get one to you. It was the night that Jesus was betrayed. Passover meal had ended. Judas had left. Jesus took the common elements of the bread and the wine and gave them uncommon significance. He took the bread and after he blessed it, he broke it. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. As often as you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us eat and remember what the Lord has done for us. Likewise, when supper was ended, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine. And after he had blessed it, he poured it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take drink. This is my blood. This is the new covenant. The writer of Hebrews said, without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sin. As often as you do this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us drink and remember together. Hallelujah. Let's pray. God, we bless you and thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for reminding us of what you expect from us. Help somebody to leave here today, God. Committed to the idea that they don't go to church but that they are committed to being church. We bless you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.